I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. I am, we, we're already in episode number four of Vivid. Man, we, time is just going by very quickly. And if you remember, we talked about first, uh, first episode, we were talking about putting on a new self. Uh, the second episode, we were talking about uh, selfishness which is the largest fish in the sea. Last week we talked about having a mindset that when we are going through something that it is not something it is allowing us to grow and to become more dependent upon God's ability to work us through a situation instead of us just staying in and suffering. So really quick I just want to remind you that the word the the connotation beyond or behind vivid is it's something that produces a powerful feeling and it creates a clear image in our mind so we can see it so vividly so perfectly and so it becomes something that we can really see and that has been our goal throughout this entire uh, series is to picture what it is like for us to be putting on this new self. What is it like for us to be removing this selfishness out of our lives? What is, what is it like to be focused on God to the point that as you're going through a situation, that the situation doesn't hold you or pull you back, the situation helps you to grow to become all that God has designed and designated for you to be. So this episode, episode four, we want to talk about the world and God's plan for the world. Now we all know because of what Adam and Eve did, particularly what Adam did when he ate of the fruit. But the Bible says that, that Eve was deceived and Adam willingly ate of the fruit. And so when we think of this and it allowed Satan to become the prince of the air, the ruler of this world, and his desire was is to destroy mankind. He wants to destroy God's creation. And so we have, if you have uh, seen any of the Bible stories or heard any of the Bible stories, you know that we've had situations where brothers were killing uh, brothers, where people were killing one another, people were just turning toward what whatever they felt was good for them and not caring about anyone else and killing one another, just doing all kinds of crazy, um, awful things. And it, and it just keeps going because this is, number one, what Satan desires because he desires for mankind to destroy itself. He desires for mankind to kill themselves so that he can uh, prove to God that we are not worthy of being his chosen vessels. That's that's his desire. 
Because when God created us, he gave us the ability to make a choice. And because he gave us the ability to make a choice, we can make a choice to do what God wants, or we can make a choice to do what we want. And we talked about that when we're talking about the selfishness uh, episode. And so this entire planet, not only has humankind been affected by uh, this uh, separation from God, but the entire atmosphere, the entire universe, I believe, has been affected by this situation. And so we have earthquakes, we have hurricanes, we have tornadoes, we have all kinds of things that just happen on this earth that are devastating to other parts of the earth. But not only did Jesus come to redeem us, mankind, but he came to redeem all of God's creation. And so when he died on the cross, was buried, and God raised him from the dead and placed him at his right hand, he said that he was came up with all power in his hand, all authority in his hand. However, because we are a creation of free choice, of free will, we have to decide whether we want to follow after the old way, the way that separates us from God, or whether we want to follow God's way and be a part of God's family. So it is still a choice. So Jesus' plan is to redeem the world, and we, as a Christian, consider ourselves to be the ambassadors. We are the ones that are coming forth to talk about what this new kingdom will look like. So we are those that are bringing God's kingdom to the earth. We are those that bring God's kingdom to the earth in our actions in our uh, conduct and everything that we say to those that are around us. So today we're going to the last book of the Bible. That's Revelations. We're going to the second to the last chapter of Revelations, which is the 21st chapter. And we're going to read the first eight verses and we're going to go from the, from there because now I want us to picture or begin to see in our mind in our spirit as some folks say see what this is going to be John the disciple John the apostle says it like this he says then I saw a new heaven and a new earth for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away and the sea was no more and I saw the holy city New Jerusalem coming down out of heaven from God prepared as a bride adorned for her husband we're gonna stop right there and go back to that first verse John says as he was sitting there and was and things were being revealed to him hence the name revelations as things was being revealed to him he said he saw a new heaven and a new earth and it says for the first earth 
and the first heaven had passed away. So there's a newness that's going to come, not only on the earth itself, but also in the heavenlies. The skies are going to be different. I believe the stars, everything is going to be different because when the new comes, it's going to be an eternal newness. It's going to be an everlasting newness. It is going to be uh, the new the new that's coming is going to be based upon the pre-separation from God creation. And so we are going to have opportunity to be a part of this new earth and this new heaven. And one of the points I want to bring out that John said that he didn't even see water anymore. So all the land just... was there. It was laying all over the place. It was this big connector of this entire planet. And then he says, and I saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God. Now, we all know that there is a Jerusalem in the Middle East. This Jerusalem which means, Jerusalem means city of peace, is such a significant historical, spiritual landmark that there are three major religions that claim Jerusalem as their spot. Three. The first one is the Jewish people. They claim uh, Jerusalem as the holy city. Next, the Muslims claim Jerusalem as their holy city. And then third, you have the Christians claim Jerusalem as their holy city. The Jerusalem that's on the earth right now. But God's going to bring this new Jerusalem, this new city of peace, and it's going to come out of his very presence to the earth. And the thing that I thought about is that God is going to say, this is what the city of peace is. It's not about uh, being Jewish. It's not about being Muslim. It's not about being Christian. It's about him being worshipped and we being a part of the family. Now, we could take this and, and talk about why it can't be this or why it can't be that, but we are going to let God settle that, number one. Number two, because Jesus was saying that we should be examples of love to everyone that we encounter. So even if we don't disagree with the folks that are around us, and we know that because Jerusalem has gone from one hand to another for many, many years, many, many years, Jerusalem has gone from being the city of David, 
and King David and Israel took it over and then it became uh, the city of the Muslims, it became the city of the Christians, then it became the cities of the Muslims again, then it became the city of the Christians, and it was just going back and forth during that time period. We call it the Crusades, where they were just battling over because this location has significant spiritual impact. And everyone, all three of those denominations can, or religions can, lay claim to why Jerusalem should be theirs. And so Jerusalem has a significance. And so God's even going to bring the Jerusalem, a new Jerusalem down. Now, I do want to very quickly go back and talk about if you remember God moved around in a tabernacle in the time of Moses all the way up to the time of David. God moved around in the tabernacle but then he made Jerusalem his resting place on earth. Some, they call it Zion. They call it uh, the city of David. But most of all, it's called the city of God. And so, the city of peace and the city of God. And so, this is the resting place of God. So, he's going to even redo his resting place. He's going to do some renovations and bring it down and we're all going to be able to go and be a part of it. And he said it's going to, it's prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. So it's going to be a beautiful place. And then he says, and I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with them and they will be his people. And God himself will be with them as their God. God is going to reside in this place and we are going to have access to God. And God is going to have access to us and we're just going to have a nice big family get together in this location. As you go into this Jerusalem, this new Jerusalem, he says... He will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and death shall be no more, neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain anymore, for the former things have passed away. So the old things, the, the old sin nature, all the past issues that you may have had, you know, uh, arthritis, uh, all the pain, all the heartache, all that's going to pass away. That in this city, when God brings his uh, new Jerusalem and he resides with us, he is going to provide the peace that passes all understanding. He's going to provide the shal shalom. And remember, we talked about shalom is not just the cease from hostilities it also means being whole and complete with nothing lacking so no more pain no more sorrows no more crying no more mourning all that's going to pass away when God establishes the new Jerusalem and then it says and he who was seated on the 
throne said, Behold, I am making all things new. And he said, Write this down, for these words are trustworthy and true. God saying that I am not just saying this, I am meaning this, that this is going to happen and you will benefit as one of my children. And then he says, in verse number six, he says, and he said to me, it is done. And he's talking to John. It is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. So God is saying, I am the start. I am the finish. I am completing this so that it will be done. And there is nothing else that needs to occur after I have brought it to con conclusion. He says, To the thirsty I will give from the spring of the water of life without payment. There's Once you have become a part of the family, there is nothing that will be withheld from you, but you will have access to everything as a member of the family. We talked about the benefit of being a family member in episode number three when we're talking about growing through suffering. And he says, The one who conquers will have this heritage, and I will be his God, and he will be my son. Now we're getting ready to get into a little something that I'm going to spend a couple minutes on. And it says, The one who conquers will have this heritage. Now, I'm, I'm going to say this, and I want you to catch it. To be a conqueror, you have to be submitted. Now, I know it's, that sounds like it's two different things, but in order for you to conquer, you have to be submitted. The first thing that you have to submit to, you have to submit to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. And we talk, we talk about that every Sunday, that you have to accept him as your Lord and your Savior. And when you accept him as your Lord and your Savior, you submit to his authority. And when you submit to his authority, it empowers you to conquer the penalty, the power, and the presence of sin. And sin is missing the mark or separation from God. So once you submit to the Lordship and the salvation of Jesus Christ, the redemption of Jesus Christ, you are then a conqueror over every aspect of sin, which is the separator. You're free from the power. You're free from the penalty. You're free from the presence. God has cleaned everything out so now you do not owe anything because Christ has paid it all so you become victorious by submitting placing someone else's will and authority over your own submission and so what does redeem mean what does the word redeem mean redeem means to to buy or to pay off to buy back to recover to exchange to convert 
uh, is to rescue and deliver from the bondage of sin and the penalties of God's violated law by obedience and suffering in the place of the sinner or by doing and suffering that which is accepted in lieu of the sinner's obedience. So God is saying that the redemption is in Christ Jesus. Christ is bringing you back into right standing with the Father. The, the Bible uses a word called reconcile. God is reconciling you back to himself because the debt has been paid. And so, how does this work now because we have not hit the new heaven and the new earth as of yet? That does not preclude us from helping others to become the conquerors that God is talking about in verse uh, number 7. Uh, the one who conquers will have this heritage. And it says, and I will be his God and he will be my son. So when we go forth and we are uh, exemplifying, we are living, we're showing, we're directing, we're discipling, teaching, we're doing all the things that God has said that we should do in the earth so that we can now bring the essence of the kingdom of God into the kingdom of this world, we are causing folks to see that there is something better. And the better is not later. The better starts happening now because God works on our inside to affect our outside. And as he changes our heart and our spirit, then it changes how we interact with others, which causes them to realize that there is something better for them also. So as he does this, it then places us in a position that we can be the officers, the ambassadors of redemption for others. Because we can tell folks that you don't have to continue in this way because Jesus has already bought back. He's already paid for. He's already taken care of your debt. He's already recovered you. All you have to do is operate under the recovery plan. That's quite simple. But because everyone gets to make a choice, let's look at verse number 8. It says, But as for the cowardly, the faithless, the detestable, as for murderers, the sexually immoral, sorcerers, idolaters, and all liars, their portion will be in the lake that burns with fire and sulfur, which is the second death. And if you notice, that's the only verse. The first seven verses was talking about this new life, living this new life, living no more pain, no more anguish, no more mourning, all this. But now he says, but if you make the choice, if you're going to be cowardly, faithless, detestable, murderers sexually immoral if you're going to be if you're going to do this without accept because if you accept jesus as your lord and savior then this will not be a direction that you go in because as he's cleaning you he is going to remove the desire to do that because you're going to have a desire to serve and be a good witness 
of his goodness to others. And if you desire to not accept Jesus' uh, purchase or his redemption for you, then that means that you, know, you don't want to be reconciled with God. And because you don't want to be reconciled with God, that means you don't want to live with him. If you don't want to live with him, then he has, there's another place prepared for those that do not want to live with God. And so, two points that I want to bring out, and then we'll go from there. So the first point that I want to bring out is where I'm at right now, is the fact that if we believe that the people, that people are, and this world is redeemable, then it should change how we interact with people. We should not give up on anyone. We should hope and believe that through our prayers, through our uh, showing of love toward a person, that they can be redeemed to the kingdom of God. And that should be the effort that we put forth. You hear me? That should be the effort that we put forth. The second point that uh, I want to bring up today is the fact that Instead of us pointing at folks uh, and their inconsistencies and, and, and everything that they're doing wrong, let's point toward Christ and his redemptive power in their lives. Christ has the ability because he removes the penalty, he removes the power, he, and eventually he will remove the presence of sin in our lives. So if we point everything about us towards him, he will cause all the power. He will cause all the penalty. And like I said, eventually he will even cause the presence of sin to no longer be around us. So let's not point at what the world is doing wrong and how the world is doing wrong and what the world is doing wrong, but let's point to the author and finisher of our faith, who is Christ Jesus. And when we do that, we will then see folks understand the power of redemption in their lives and they will begin to pursue it wholeheartedly and they will come to the knowledge of who and what Jesus is to them. And I tell you, that's good news. That is good news. We don't want anybody to be caught up in that part of verse number 8. But we want everyone to be a conqueror and to be a son of the kingdom of God. So let's look at how, as we're talking about having this clear picture, let us look at how we're looking at the earth. And are we looking at the earth as, oh, this is just awful. This is just, oh man, it's just go. But let's look at it as it's going to be renewed. It's going to be a new heaven. It's going to be a new earth. And we want as many of folks that are around us that are in our sphere of influence to be a part of the newness. Can we do that? I know we can. Because God has put it in us. Now, if you have not accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior. That is your first step. 
And I want you to make that decision today to accept Jesus into your life. Romans 10 and 9 says, If you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, that you shall be saved. And then Romans 10 13 says, Whoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And calling upon the name of the Lord believing that God has raised Jesus from the dead for you to cause you to be able to conquer over all these things that are pulling you aside, pulling you down, causing you to fall is a good deal. You can't pay for it. There's no actions that you can do in order to receive it except to confess and believe. And I hope that that will be your choice for today, to accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior. If you have done that and made that decision today, let us know. We have some information that we want to get to you and help you along this journey. And for those that have already accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, let's look at, let's get that mental, spiritual picture of what it's going to be like where there's no more pain, there's no more sorrow, there's no more mourning, all no more crying because God's going to wipe away our tears and that we can rest in Him and celebrate the victories that we have in Him. And let us be an encouraging encouragement to one another. And let us speak life into those speak hope into those that we encounter because that is what the kingdom is about. The kingdom is about life, hope, peace, joy. So let us speak that into those that we encounter so that we can show them what an ambassador of the kingdom of God says, does, and lives because we have become conquerors through him that loves us. It's not conqueror within ourselves. We've become conquerors because Jesus resides in us. In fact, Paul says we're even more than conquerors through him. Not only do we conquer, we become victorious. So thank you for hanging out with us for episode number four. The new heaven and the new earth. I believe that this has been a message that will resonate in your mind and your spirit and that you will begin to look at look differently at how you say and do things as a representative of the kingdom of heaven. And if today was the day that you accepted Christ for the first time, please get in contact with us so that we can get you the information to help you to become more aware of this journey and understand how to go forward. Thank you again for attending service with us at God's House Christian Church. We pray that God's blessings be upon you throughout this week, that he will take you to another level in Jesus' name.